Hey everybody, this is a spoiler-inclusive podcast. So, if you have not read the book or don't want it spoiled, don't listen beyond this point. Go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. My name is Sam. I'm a grown-up who loves a good story and finds most grown-up books depressing, and I am joined by my sister-in-law, Sarah, a former high school English teacher by training, who has two kids, and now reads 85 books a year. That's right. Don't shave me with that 80. So your Goodreads, what did you hit on Goodreads last year? What was your number? Uh, hold on. Oh, you're not prepped for I'm the not show. Prepped. You didn't I tell have me all this to information. Answer. I told you. Hold on, 85. That's why I said I read 85 books a year. Okay, well, I'll pull up my challenge. I read 25 books last There's year. There's no shame in that. That's two a, over two a month. I'm actually anti-reading goals. I think. Oh, why? Because so, Pillars of the Earth is a 800-page book I want to read. Mm-hmm. That counts the same towards a reading goal as. I get that. My Father's Dragon, which is a 50-page book. Yeah. It's like last year my number was higher because I read so many kids' books that were short. (laughs) But there's also these big books I want to read. And if I'm trying to meet a reading goal, which I am this year, I set 35. In my brain, I've been like, well, I better not read Pillars of the Earth because it's going to be a massive one. And see, in my mind, I'm like, I just better read it fast. Well. As I do. <laughs> I almost said define fast, but I don't even want to know. No, but an 800 page book, that would take me some time. How long would it take you to do um, it? Probably two weeks. If I read some every day. <laughs> We're talking like three months for me. Well, so. it's fine. anyways, it's fine. every week we have a conversation about how you're a speed reader. I will say this took me a couple of days. Did it? My kids okay. kept interrupting me. Well, that. Well, that totally happens. But it's 2022. 2022. What's your reading goal this year? My yeah. reading goal is 87 books. 87 books. I usually books. try and up my previous year's number, like what I mm-hmm. actually read, not my previous year's goal, my actual number by one to two. Okay. I don't try to get too crazy. Progress always. Well, because last year my goal was 77. And you hit And 80. I hit 85. So. Wow. But this week, we read from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. I think I pronounced I that right. I think that's right. right. Yeah. By E.L. Konigsberg. Yes. Published in 1967. Did you know this book won the Newbery Medal the year it was published in the same year her other book that she had published that year, Hecate, did I say that? Hecate, Hecate, Macbeth, oh. William McKinley, and me. Elizabeth won the Newbery Honor. Oh, really? She's the only author to ever win the medal and the honor in the same year. That's great. Ballin'. Yeah. This story was inspired by her kids. They went on a picnic one day, and her kids complained the whole time about not having the comforts of home, (laughs) which led her to think, well, they would only be pleased if they had the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm -hmm. I love that. Have you taken your kids on a picnic before? Uh, No. Well... I haven't taken them on a big picnic. We do picnics in the backyard, in the front yard, in the living room. Well, this next fun fact, I'm hoping, speaks to you because she became a writer later in life after being a chemistry teacher and a mom. Quote, I had three children and waited until all three were in school before I started writing. When my third child went away to school, I started to write in the mornings. 
I've always mentioned that I want to write something that reflects their growing up because when I was growing up, the books I read never reflected me. All that to say, once Davis is in school, I expect you to write a Newbery Medal winning book. You don't have to do a Newbery Honor book. Okay. But just win fair. the medal. I think that's totally easy. Because you've, you've always wanted to write a book. Always, always. However, I the idea of writing fiction mm, okay. seems hard to me. Well, writing in general is hard. Yes. Um, I love that. I love that she was a chemistry teacher. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if I wrote a book, people would be like, cool, she was an English teacher. But a chemistry teacher, English, yeah. that's crazy. That's mm-hmm. really crazy to me. So, had you? We neither of us had read this book before. Right. So, we came to this one completely fresh. Completely fresh. And I'm glad we did. Did you? Okay. I loved this. There was some profound moments where mm-hmm. I was like, I, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I, like... It, the journey itself wasn't as much of the, yeah. I'm not going to say roller coaster because I don't want to put that expectation on every book. Yeah. But when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh, okay. I like just I, felt like it was satisfying mm-hmm. to read and just enjoyable the whole time. Very and much so. Yeah. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. Did you get that vibe? But not, not so intelligent that it's not accessible. Like being intelligent without talking down. That's it. Perfect mm. description. All right. So our story here is about... Claudia and Jamie Kincaid. Claudia is, I think she, they said she's a fifth, sixth grader around yes. that age, and Jamie's like a third or a fourth grader. We meet Claudia, and she's complaining about injustices in her home. <laughs> <laughs> what is your take on Claudia? Okay. She talked about her parents. I love Claudia because my five-year-old last night was crying <laughs> because she is the oldest. That is why she was crying, because what? she was the oldest child, and she didn't think it was fair that she was the oldest. So Claudia is very true to life here. Claudia is <laughs> so true to life, and I was like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? Because mm-hmm. I can just see Harper, because she started it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Later in life, the injustices that come from being the oldest that I cannot right. resonate with, because I'm a youngest. But also... Those older siblings benefit from the younger siblings. At least mine did, because if we wanted to do something or we wanted some cash, you know who they sent into the parent? Yeah, that's true. Me. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I understand that entirely. And as a parent, I understand. If Davis walked in and was like, Mom, can I have this? (laughs) Jamie won me over just about instantly. Do you want me to read it? It's on page 17. Claudia hesitated only a minute more before deciding. No, we have to go on Wednesday. I'll write you full details of my plan. You must show the plan to no one. Memorize all the details, then destroy my note. <laughs> Do I have to eat it? <laughs> Tony's my favorite. It's so funny. Do I have to eat it? Jamie asked. <laughs> Tearing it up and putting it in the trash would be much simpler. No one in our family but me ever goes through the, tr- through the trash. And I only do if it is not sloppy and not full of pencil sharpener shavings or ashes. I'll eat it. I like complications, Jamie said. <laughs> yeah. So that, that to me just summarizes Jamie because throughout the whole story, he just keeps going, I like complications. And you can just see him getting like this sheepish grin on his face and going, I like complications. <laughs> Which he's a perfect foil to Claudia because Claudia has this perfectly detailed plan to run away. And Jamie's like, I like complications. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally crying. (laughs) Just to read it out loud is so funny. But I just, I can see, 
I think it also makes me laugh so much because I have a three-year-old son who's already mischievous. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can see him he being likes like, he likes complications and being like, I'll just eat it. It's fine. <laughs> 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 Please just tell me I get to eat the paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how complex the characters are because Jamie likes complications. He's kind of the wild child, but he's also super stingy. So and stingy. That, you wouldn't think that, that, that the character would be kind of a tightwad that's also like wild and crazy and right. likes complications. But then there's Claudia who likes planning and everything has, there is no, it's all right. logic, but she also likes sweets. And, and she also likes to take the bus and a taxi. Right, <laughs> right. And we'll do stuff like, like we'll compromise their trip and their plan because she wants ice cream yep. or sweets. Yes. And I just thought that is such good writing because it's these very complex characters that feel so real. And that's all established within 20 right, pages in right. this book. Well, and they're complex, but they're still kids. And mm-hmm. so their complexities, although have like some depth to them, mm-hmm. they still are just kids. And it's right. And it's still humorous. And I think about Jamie also being a cheater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because Claudia chose Jamie because he had the most money. <laughs> and we found out he has all that money because he's been cheating his friend at war for two and a half years and stacking in the deck with face cards. <laughs> Which then I laughed too because he has all that change. Right. And of course you couldn't be like, hey mom, can I have some dollars for this change? Because right. it'd be, where'd you get all that from? But then he does it because he gets on board <laughs> gets the bus and his pockets <laughs> Uh, and that's why i like this book is there's just these funny moments where you're like oh these are kids yeah as perfectly planned as it is and as adult as they seem Uh with their i like complications (laughs) and their plans they still just do the silliest (laughs) thing and they they don't think a thing of it no no (laughs) totally normal (laughs) it's fine i have 24 dollars and change in my pocket i wanted to talk about running away though because you mentioned the last, I never ran away. I It's weird because I look back at, I've always wanted to be a writer, but I actually spent more time designing the covers of the books in Microsoft mm-hmm. Paint than I did actually <laughs> writing them. But a lot of my ideas were about like a kid who ran away and got on a bus or a kid who ran away and snuck into an airport or a kid who ran away and lived on a cruise ship. <laughs> in me was the desire to go see the world and live on boats or planes, but I never had the guts to. And last week you told me that you what was that story so when i so i was in fourth grade because the road was still gravel when i tried to run away so that's how Mm. i determined how old i was when i was telling my mother this story but my family made me mad as they did all the time and i decided i was gonna run away so i packed my mary Kay bag (laughs) (laughs) my mother had gotten it was black um pleather and it had a clear strip through it so you could see what your what was in there and i dumped my piggy bank out mm. which was just change probably not even 24 dollars worth mm-hmm. probably six but it was heavy because a lot of pennies and mm-hmm. i made it down the driveway to the start of the gravel road and realized that i didn't want to carry my bag that far mm. and i turned around and went inside you want to hear how effective my running away was Nobody in my family knew until I talked about it on the podcast. Really? However oh, many weeks ago. Really? Nobody so you got knew. some people saying, oh, you ran away? Yeah, my mom was like, I don't remember that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it wasn't that successful. But I just remember being mad and thinking, I'm going to make them regret 
making me mad. Mm. I know that. one hundred. That's so me still. I'm like, I'm going to make you regret that one. <laughs> mm. So could you relate to Claudia with these injustices totally. in the house? Totally. And that? I was the youngest. I was just, mm. <laughs> I don't know what my problem was. <laughs> what is that in kids that this book isn't really super interested in delving into like why yeah. Claudia ran away. They just want to know that she, like, but it is a pretty common theme of like kids yeah. kind of get this idea. They want to run away at some point. Is it? Well, I think what I am learning is kids just want to feel important. Mm. And we honestly, Harper is teaching me a lot as I'm reading these books. And this one, Harper just decided in the last month to give me a lesson in Claudia because the other day she was doing something and she said to me, Mom, I just want you to listen to me. And I was like, oh. And so Nat and I were learning that Harper wants to be a person in the world, not just, Mm. you know, she's getting older. And that's when I ran away. I just wanted my family to realize that they made me mad and it wasn't okay. Okay. And I think Claudia, these injustices, somebody pay attention to the injustices that she's suffering. And I get that. So you talk about that wanting to be paid attention to, is that in the sense of I'm starting to figure out who I am Absolutely. As a person, and I want to be known? Is that kind of... Absolutely. I want to be known. I want to be heard. I don't... I mean, as adults, we don't like to be interrupted mm-hmm. most of the time. Kids, there's just this point where they have their thoughts, and they want people to listen to them just like everybody else does. Because, I mean, children are just yeah small humans. Because that plays in later on with Claudia, because she becomes enamored with this statue. Mm-hmm. They call it Angel. It's Michelangelo's. Yeah. The museum Mm -hmm. thinks Michelangelo might have done it. They don't know for sure, but they put it on display in the museum and the kids discover it because they've managed to sneak in after hiding in the bathrooms and live there. (laughs) And Claudia becomes obsessed with it. She decides what they're going to do is find out how they can prove that Michelangelo made it. You get a little bit of like, why is this so important Mm -hmm. to her? And... Do you think it's because she wanted to make an impact? Because she said she wants to come back different. Mm-hmm. That was something I didn't fully understand as I was reading it. What was your take on that? Well, I maybe because I was a runaway <laughs> as a child. <laughs> a 45 I, second runaway. 45 second runaway. I resonated with Claudia, but I more I resonated with her now as an adult too. I think um this being the first book of the new year and the new year i like to look back and i also mm-hmm. like to consider what's coming up and i like to think about where i was in january of 2021 versus where i am now right. in january 2022 is there any difference in me apart mm. from weight or financial status like you know um and i like to consider am i different at all and so claudia she probably, I would imagine, you know, she's what, 12 or 13 mm-hmm. and she's the oldest sibling. She probably lives a very routine life based on what her siblings are doing, but her mm-hmm. parents are allowing her to do. And she wants to do something big, such as live in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. But she wants, she doesn't want it to be ignored, but she also, she doesn't want to just do this big thing and then come mm-hmm. home and be the same exact person she was because she wants to come back different. Right. The quote is, um, this is after they've 
they have this moment where they think they've proven that it's mm-hmm. Michelangelo. They write to the museum from an anonymous source after <laughs> buying a P.O. box. a P.O. box. And the museum writes them back and says, yeah, we saw that. Thanks. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Jamie wants to go back after their failure to prove it's Michelangelo. And Claudia says, I feel as if I jumped into a lake to rescue a boy. And what I thought was a boy turned out to be a wet, fat log. Some heroin that makes. All wet for nothing. The tears float again. And how should I have known that I wanted to be a heroine when I had no idea I wanted to be a heroine? The statue just gave me a chance. Almost gave me a chance. We need to make more of a discovery. And then they're talking about which train to take home, and Jamie says, you take the New Haven, silly. Same as we got here. Jamie was losing patience. And Claudia says, that's not what I mean. I want to know how to go back to Greenwich different. What do you make of that? Claudia talks about when she says what I thought was a boy turned out to be a big, to be a wet, fat log. What's funny is I can't really put to words Mm -hmm. exactly what I think about this, but I have felt exactly how Claudia feels Hmm. where I have started something and it didn't turn out the way that I expected, even though I didn't really know what my expectations were. Yeah. And then I was disappointed by it. But then when she talks about, I didn't know I wanted to be a heroine, we start something and then we're like, oh, this could go a total, like new things come up from this. I would be interested to know if it is more of a personality type that resonates with this, if it's more of a gender kind of thing that Mm -hmm. resonates with this or what, because I read this and I'm like, I totally get it. But then I'm like, well, why do I get that? That's hard for me to answer. Right after that scene where they decide, do we go home or not, Claudia decides they're going to go to Farmington, Connecticut to see Mrs. Frankweiler because they know that the statue was sold to the museum by Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. So Claudia decides if she, maybe if she goes to see her, she can figure out where it came from because she just has to know mm-hmm. for some reason. She doesn't even understand why she just has to know. So they use the last of their money going all the way out to Farmington, Connecticut. They just show up at Mrs. Frank Weiler's house. (laughs) And when, I think it's like basically her butler asks, Mm -hmm. like, who's here to see her? They're like, Claudia Claudia and Jane Kincaid. And he comes back. She doesn't know who you are. (laughs) 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 But then they meet Mrs. Frank Weiler. She's like, I'll cut you a deal. I have Mm -hmm. all of these files, which make sense only to me. There's a document in there. If you can find that, it might just be the answer you're looking for. And they go through all these. Claudia, of course, is like planning it out. And Jamie's just rifling through mm-hmm. files. Then they, they reach a point where they both just give up. And Jamie goes, ah, baloney. <laughs> and Claudia has like this eureka yes. moment of baloney. Is it bologna? How do you say the Italian town oh, name? I have no I idea. Bologna? don't either. Bologna? <laughs> Bolo- I, I, in my head, I say bologna. But that's also <laughs> but just. But that's just making fun of me saying Oscar weird words Meyer. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that place, Italy, it's where Michelangelo is from. And they search in that mm-hmm. in the files. And they find this paper that proves that Michelangelo made angel so they come back and miss frankweiler offers them a deal that if they tell her their entire story where they stayed how they all the details how they ran away then she will leave them this document proving that angel was made by michelangelo in her will Mm -hmm. which is basically invaluable but they can't do anything about it until after she passes Mm -hmm. this is miss frankweiler speaking why don't you want to tell me that i told you before that's our secret claudia said Oh, you don't want to lose your bargaining weapon, Miss Frankweiler said. Is that why you're not telling me where you stayed? That's part of the reason, said Claudia. The other part is, I think the other part is that if I tell, then I will know for sure that my adventure is over, and I don't want it to be over until I'm sure I've had enough. 
The adventure is over. Everything gets over, and nothing is ever enough, said Miss Frankweiler, except the part you carry with you. It's the same as going on vacation. Some people spend all their time on vacation taking pictures so that when they get home, they can show their friends evidence that they've had a good time. They don't pause to let the vacation enter inside of them and take that home. Less of the outcome and more of the process. Mm -hmm. So my, I'm not a huge New Year's resolution person because most of New Year's resolutions have to do with like losing weight or, you know, but this year my resolution, I made one that I actually like is to send birthday cards. I'm a horrible Mm. birthday card sender. I'm not sure if any of my nieces or nephews have ever received a birthday card from me mm-hmm. close to their birthday. And so as we're having this conversation, I'm like, my birthday card resolution. The outcome, obviously, is I would love to be able to check off at the end of the year. I did it. I sent all these people birthday mm-hmm. cards. But really, if I look at the process of it, I want to be more intentional in the way that I care for people that I care for. Right. You know? And so with Claudia, the end goal or in her mind, if she didn't come home with a, I found Michelangelo's stamp on this, Mm -hmm. I figured it out. That was the end result that she was hoping for. But really we see that in the process, she's done big things. Right. I was really intrigued by Mrs. Frank while they're talking about secrets. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was saying, this is what Claudia gained was she has a secret. And that really confused me because I was like, what? I don't really understand Mm -hmm. that. But I think what she's trying to say is that Claudia is a planner, right? And she set these goals and these plans of how she expects things to go. And it doesn't turn out the Mm -hmm. way she thought it did. And that was the thing she said, like, for this journey to be to matter, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. When I think what Miss Frankweiler is trying to get her to understand is what we try to do, it's almost more important about the inner transformation mm-hmm. than it is about the external accomplishment. Totally. Um, and I think that's a good message for kids because yeah. let's face it, a lot of kids' books and kids' shows and kids' movies, at the end, if it's a baseball movie, the kid hits the game-winning Absolutely. home run. Right? If it's a football movie, the kid scores the game-winning touchdown. Yep. If it's a basketball movie, the kid's dog makes the game-winning shot. That's right. That's right, Airbud. Right. But that's not the message of this book. Claudia doesn't... I mean, yeah, it's they managed to kind of fend for themselves at the Met. It's impressive, but the point was not to be impressive. Right. What Claudia gained from this was seeing a piece of art that changed her inside. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is specifically about art, but for me, kind of from... I come from more of the artist's side. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, well, what if art, like, why do we make art? What is the purpose of it? This is what I think about when I go to museums. This is why I was at the Met two weeks before we read this. And my wife can kind of attest, I almost get stressed out at museums because I'm like, Claudia, I want to know everything. I want to learn everything. I want to understand everything. I was thinking after this book that what if art is about secrets? The way Miss Frankweiler was talking about is that this artist has some secret that he can't give words to. Yeah. And he makes this art that expresses that. So it takes the secret inside of him and puts it outside. And then Claudia, going and seeing this art, the secret goes from outside, her seeing it to inside. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's almost like art is this way of the secrets we have that kind of make us us. The secrets that we want people to see, like Claudia, 
art is a way to express that to people in ways that they can understand. Yeah. And I think for Claudia, she has this experience where not just the piece of art she saw, but also the journey changes her inside. And I think Miss Frankly was trying to teach her this is part, this is what growing up is mm-hmm. like, is you start to see life less as hit the home run and more as like, even for us, kind of look like thinking about our new years. Mm-hmm. Like if our year is Claudia's running away journey, right? We want to be different at the end. Right. Do we look back and maybe we didn't achieve what we thought? Maybe the year didn't turn out the way we thought it would, but we can see inside we're different. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? I am. I am. I um. I thought to myself, it's clear that you are artistic and you're also married to an artist. Yes. Because very you veered. One. Yes, very talented. Emily's got art. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't hear something. You saw more of the art connected to the art, and mm-hmm. I am not artistic, nor am I married to an artist. But And so as I read this, a lot of the things that I resonated with were more of these kids growing up and these mm-hmm. kids' experiences, and Claudia as a young adult. I mean, she's 12 or 13, and I just think about being a 12 and 13-year-old girl. I have been one, and then I'm raising a one day teenager mm-hmm. and just those are the places that I sat in more is what is it like? What was it like mm-hmm. to be that age, to want to be significant, to be stuck between being a kid and an adult. And cause Claudia talked about in the beginning, how she had to take care of her brother and he was somebody's, the youngest brother was always somebody's charge and mm-hmm. how she was never somebody's charge because her mother was always with her, right. you know? And she wants to be significant. She doesn't want to just be a kid. She took care of her brother, you know, those right. type of things. And so I think it's funny how you can read a book, the same exact book, and you go one way, I go the other. Right, but I think they meet in this oh, they place totally of, like you see the kids growing up, and I think about one of the things Claudia gets out of this is she is so much closer to Jamie at mm-hmm. the end of it. Totally. There's a scene early in the book where Claudia is trying to get them to sleep in this bed. <laughs> And uh, because it's a very fancy bed, but Jamie doesn't want to do it because it looks kind of dingy and dusty. And so here's the scene. Claudia had always known that she was meant for such fine things. Jamie, on the other hand, thought that running away from home to sleep in just another bed was no challenge at all. He, James, would rather sleep on the bathroom floor after all. Claudia then pulled him around to the foot of the bed and told him to read what the card said. Jamie read, Please do not step on the platform. Claudia knew that he was being difficult on purpose. Therefore, she said for him, state bed, scene of the alleged murder of Amy Robsart, first wife of Lord Robert Dudley, later Earl of, Jamie couldn't control his smile. He said, you know, Claude, for a sister and a fuss budget, you're not too bad. (laughs) Claudia replied, Jamie, you know, for a brother and a cheapskate, you're not too bad. Something happened at precisely that moment. Both Claudia and Jamie tried to explain to me about it, but they couldn't quite. I knew what happened, though I never told them. Having words and explanations for everything is too modern. I especially wouldn't tell Claudia. She had too many explanations already. What happened was they became a team, a family of two. There had been times before they ran away when they had acted like a team, but those were very different from feeling like a team. Becoming a team didn't mean the end of their arguments, but it did mean that the arguments became a part of the adventure, became discussions, not threats. You might call it caring. You could even call it love. And it was very rarely indeed that it happens to two people at the same time. 
especially a brother and a sister who had always spent more time with activities than they had with each other. I love that. And that's something I don't know if you experience this, but there was a certain point in time in my sister and I's life and my brother and I really, but more my sister and I where we didn't quite get along. Mm-hmm. And then one day that just shifted yep. and we started to get along. And now I talk to my sister literally all the time. Mm-hmm. We're just constantly talking. And even my brother, he and I would agree that the actual day that we started to love each other and want to be friends was the day he moved out. Uh, so for you and him, it did happen at the same it time. It did like happen at the, the same book. time. Well, I think in here, there's, it's this idea of like, Claudia is known. Jamie's my brother. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a fact And I think about this quote from Miss Frankweiler at the end. Claudia said, but Miss Frankweiler, you should want to learn one new thing every day. We did, even at the museum. No, Miss Frankweiler answered. I don't agree with that. I think you should learn, of course, but some days you must learn a great deal. But you should also have days when you allow what is already in you to swell up inside of you until it touches everything. And you can feel it inside of you. If you never take time out to let that happen, then you just accumulate facts and they begin to rattle around inside of you. You can make noise with them, but never really feel anything with them. Mm -hmm. It's hollow. And I think the way I relate that to the conversation about them being brother and sister versus them being brother and sister, Mm -hmm. you can know somebody is your brother without ever experiencing it. I think there's something beautiful in there that I can't put my words around, but that's that's why she wrote the book in the first place, right? Because things you can say through a story and express through a story, you can't really put into words, which is why our podcast is... It's hard to do, but there's this beautiful idea of the difference between like knowing something and knowing something like head knowledge versus heart knowledge. And I think that's what Claudia gained. That's Mm -hmm. how she came back different. Miss Frankweiler helped her see, but even for Miss Frankweiler, who, what she wanted was grandkids. Yeah. She wanted to experience having children in her house because there's a sad note if she wasn't able to have kids because I think her husband passed away. Yes. Then of course, Jamie um, says... This is just one of those points where I'm like, yes, Jamie is still a little boy. Claudia said, you mean you'd like to be a mother? Jamie leaned toward Claudia and whispered, of course, that's impossible. Her husband is dead. You can't be a mother without a husband. And, it's and then just, Claudia corrects him And then Claudia corrects him. Never call people dead. It makes others feel bad. Say deceased or passed away. Right. And it just, there's that deep moment where Miss Frank, Mrs. Frank, Frank, Weiler. I struggled every time I Good said gravy. it. Good gravy. Miss Frank yep. Weiler tells them this heartfelt secret about herself. And then they're still children, mm-hmm. though. And they say, well, let's visit her every time we save enough money. <laughs> we won't tell anyone. We won't stay overnight. We'll just tell mom and dad we're going bullying or something. We'll adopt her, the girl suggested. We'll become her kids, sort of. Uh, she's too old to be a mother. She, sa- she said so herself. Besides, we already have one. She'll become our grandmother then, since ours are deceased. <laughs> And that will be our secret that we won't even share with her. She'll be the only woman in the world to become a grandmother with never becoming a mother first. Mm -hmm. I just think that was maybe ties a bow on nicely the desire for a secret, the Mm -hmm. conversation about a secret because it's just her. It's just Claudia and Jamie's. But also that connection of brother and sister, that it's a shared secret that Claudia isn't like, no, this one's just for myself. Like we're going to have this together because it's our adventure. And, she says she'll be our grandmother, not their other siblings' grandmother right. either. It's just theirs. Because anytime you say to a kid, it's going to be our little secret, their <laughs> eyes light up because... It's special. It's special. It's something that is you, mm-hmm. that only you know. Makes them feel a little grown up because kids aren't normally 
given right. a lot of secrets. <laughs> and to pull it full circle, like Claudia had all these, like no one, she didn't feel seen right. by her parents. She, and she just wanted to, she yeah. wanted somebody to be curious about her secrets, right. to want to know the things that made her, her. And along this journey, she learns like the people who love you most are the ones who you share your secrets yes. with. E.L. Koningsberg, she wrote in the afterword, many years after the book was published, she mm-hmm. decided to write an afterword. She said, Claudia's story about finding herself, about how the greatest adventure lies not in running away, but in looking inside. And the greatest discovery is not finding out who made a statue, but in finding out what makes you. Claudia's journey was in learning about who she is. And I think the most beautiful parts about her journey is learning her love for her brother, learning she wants to adopt this woman as her mm-hmm. grandmother who wants kids. That's just kind of how I kind of see it synthesizing together. Mm-hmm. It's like how art and how adventures and how people can kind of help us understand who we are. I ended this book just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely. I gave it to my husband and I said, you are going to love this because it just, although there are there's depth to it, it was just a fun read. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of darkness and sadness in it. No. Um, which some of our books have had darkness and sadness. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, you could say the moments with Miss Frank Frank Weiler where she admits that she wants to be a grandmother were a little dark and sad. But then there was that nice, we're going to adopt her. Yeah. And she's going to be our it's grandmother. And it just was sweet and fun. And I hope everybody reads it because mm-hmm. yeah. I did not read this when I was a child. And I think that if I had... When I was a teenager, a teenager and went to New York City, I might have tried to escape from my parents. Right. Well, I think for me, the thing that I, I think people could take away from it, especially like reading at a young age, is just kind of whetting that appetite for what museums offer. I wonder if this book might have stirred something in me. Hmm. Because I loved when Jamie and Claudia were sneaking into groups and learning about e- Egyptian yeah. mummies. and Or they would go and... They were like, we're going to learn about Renaissance art today. And Jamie tried to do it, like, but they actually <laughs> dug in, found something interesting. I just think that curiosity and, and where it can lead. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not look like Claudia wanted to learn everything about Michelangelo, but she didn't. Right. But she did learn something interesting about him. And she left with a new grandmother right. and closer to her brother. That's, that to me is kind of the magic. Well, and isn't that, and this could be major rabbit trail we probably should cut me off but just isn't that what books are supposed to do is awaken a curiosity about Mm -hmm. the world just in general i mean museums new york city from this book but then i think Mm -hmm. about james and the giant peach new york city (laughs) they end up there you know like it just awakens an interest being curious about bugs because of james peaches you know (laughs) anything like that but that's what books do they just they give you a ticket into worlds unknown. Which is why you should take your time reading and maybe don't set a reading goal this year. If it will help you set a reading goal, if it will cause you to read, but also take your time and let the book do its work in you. Don't yeah. get too stressed out about hitting that number. There's, if the number helps you read more, beautiful. But don't live in guilt over right. reading goals because no. the good news is you can change it on Goodreads. It's great. And I yeah. have done that before. I, did I have last lowered year. my goal. I beat my goal by five. Last year, because I changed it. That's right. (laughs) You can change it. If you get to July and you're like, this isn't happening, there is grace for that. You have our permission. That's right. All of you out there in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. What's up? Shout out. We should give a shout out to a city every time. We we should. Winnipeg, we love you. Winnipeg, we love you. When you're setting your reading goals this year, be kind to yourself. That's right. All right, Sarah. That is from the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. What is our book? for next show our book for our next show is 
My Father's Dragon by Ruth Styles Gannett. I think I said that right. I need more enthusiasm. Okay. <clears throat> our book for our next show. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. My Father's Dragon by Ruth Styles Gannett. I cannot wait. We will see you next time. My Father's Dragon. Get whoop, whoop. it. Read it. Check it out from the library. That's right. Buy it from your local bookstore. We won't mention any bookstore specifically. That's right. But if anyone wants to sponsor us, we are here. We are. Sarah, thank you. Thanks, Sam. We'll see y'all next time. See y'all. Thank you all so much for listening to our show. We love sharing these stories with you. Our goal for our audience is to be a big old book club. So please read the books. Read them yourselves. Read them with kids. That's why we announce them at the end of the show. And if you have a good time, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It's so helpful, but even more, tell your friends and let's all enjoy some good stories together.